began so long ago with a band of Queen's Park men. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Spiders Talk podcast. It's David Blair, Enzo Tamarini and Callum Stewart. Back with you once again. It's getting harder and harder to do these every week as we are coming back to talk about another defeat for Queen's Park. An incredible start up at Tannadice with a goal for the Spiders in less than a minute. But unfortunately, the result was the same as it has been for the last few weeks. Queen's Park eventually losing 4-1 to Dundee United. But there's perhaps better news on the horizon. We've got not only a, a, a big game against another struggling club in the league where you look and you hope that we can get this season back on track as we come up against Greenock Morton this week. We've also got a new face to talk about, a new signing at the club despite the transfer and the loan window being closed. We've still managed to bring in a new player, so we will, of course, have a look at that as well. Um, Calum and Enzo, Enzo, let me start with yourself. You you joined me up at Tanadice. Um, you may be able to hear that my voice is still a little bit um, sore, shall we say. I had a few things to say at the game. Uh, how how are you feeling today? And, and well, <laughs> what were your initial emotions after the game as well? I... Um... I mean, it was it was another disappointing performance, especially defensively, I suppose, which has been a, a bit of a trend over the past what five games or something like that. Maybe not five games necessarily. I don't think I don't think I would necessarily have blamed the defence for the, the Thistle result, but over the, the past three or four in particular, it's it's been problematic. Um my voice was away yesterday, but it's mostly come back. The only reason I I wasn't actually planning on going, it's not because we're playing badly or anything like that. It's just because I'm a wee bit skint at the minute. But I got up on the Saturday with nothing else to do, and obviously I had to I had to make my way to Tanadice, and I, I'm glad I did, I suppose, because we don't often get to play up there. Um, glad I glad I saw the stadium, and I had, a, I had an alright day out up there, despite us ultimately um, not coming away with anything and not not really covering ourselves with much glory either. It was a like you say, it was a really exciting start to the game, and I think the the celebrations when we scored. So early on, it, it felt as though we weren't necessarily celebrating going ahead in that game. It felt as though there was like a like there was this built up frustration, and we were all getting that out of our systems um, after a few disappointing games. And, and ultimately, it wasn't to be. Um, but we just need to just need to look forward, as you say, with with the, the new signing and, and a couple of hopefully winnable games coming up. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I I took the active choice to miss that game. I'm right right into my golf, and I decided to um to spend it watching the Ryder Cup over the weekend. So at least I seen some sort of sort of victory. But uh, it was just another frustrating result, wasn't it? Because the I don't think any of us truly expected to win. But it's the for me, it's like the manner of the defeat again, isn't it? Getting your head in front, and obviously I was getting the the messages from yourselves through and my my dad and brother on or my brother sorry from the from the game and go one nil up at the start and you're thinking gosh is this is this going to be the moment and see as soon as it went to one one I was just you just know that it was going to continue in a downward spiral from there because our defensive issues are, are well documented but also for me it's just the the mental fragility and whether that's a, an age thing a manager thing or, or whatever it is the the group right now don't seem to have that um steeliness which I think you you, you definitely need so yeah, uh, I, I'd say a semi-expected result, but um, frustrating nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, obviously going to Tanadice, the run that we were on, you know, you know, some people were talking about it as a free hit and everything. And 
I don't I don't really like to think of any game like that, especially still, you know, you're early in the season, it doesn't really matter who you're coming up against. You still want to be going in and being positive and thinking that you're gonna take something from, from anybody. But um yeah, I like you say there, Callum, when it when it kinda of went one all you you got the feeling that okay the pressures their pressure started to tell. Um we'll get into the game and talk about it a little bit more in just a second. But yeah, then the second half, it's just the same old the same old thing that has been happening the last few weeks. Inability to defend set pieces and just really just really letting ourselves down. Um tell you what, let's not waste any more time. Let's let's get into it because the sooner we start, Aye. hopefully the sooner we, we can finish we it. We already sound depressed talking about this. I don't know how long we can really it's, go on about this performance. Yeah, it's it's difficult. We'll um we'll do our best. We'll at least it starts well. Let's well let's look at the lineup first of all, because I think there's another week where suggestions that have been made on this very podcast have been have been taken up. Um, Callum Ferry got the start against uh, over Callum McKenna. Now, perhaps a surprise to some. We obviously spoke about it last week. We thought maybe it's more protecting the Callum himself and protecting the younger goalkeeper and playing the more experienced guy. Robin Velman even actually did talk about it in his post match interview, but it seemed to be more of a maybe much more of a, a straightforward uh, change for him. And he was saying, well, Callum's a good shot stopper, plus he's more experienced in the league. So there we go. Maybe we'll see more of the goalkeepers chopping and changing. I don't know. It's certainly it's certainly something a little bit odd, perhaps in Scottish football. But anyway, there we go. Callum Ferry did start in goals. You had the back four of Ben McPherson, Charlie Fox, and Alex Bannon. As I say, another suggestion. I can't remember who said it. Certainly, I think I wanted him in. Um, Alex Bannon starting for the first time in the league this season. So certainly dropped straight into it, as I say. One of the toughest venues in the league. Tommy Robson at left-back as well, as always. You then had midfield three, Louis Longridge, Jack Spong and Jack Thompson back in his more natural position. Barry Hepburn, Rudy Payton, Dom Thomas as the front three and, say, Jack Thompson in his natural position and it took him less than a minute to get on the score sheet to put Queen's Park 1-0 up. The ball was won on the right-hand side and I think it was Spong released Rudy Payton. He ran down the wing and cut it back. Thompson makes a good run onto the edge of the box. And I think I said it to you, um, you guys, when the highlights were posted on Sunday afternoon, uh, I didn't actually realise how far out Jack Thompson was. I thought from behind the goal he was an awful lot closer. But, I mean, Enzo, you know, you already touched on it, the celebrations, but the finish as well. It was an absolutely brilliant finish right into the bottom corner. And, oh yeah, it did give us uh, a nice wee jump around and, and some posit- real positivity to start the game. I I was the same at the time. I was convinced that he was a good bit closer to the goal than than what he actually turned out to be. Uh, watching the highlights, but it was it was a good pass. It was a good cutback, and and it was a fantastic finish. Um, we know that Thompson does have that in his game, like to to be going forward and, and getting involved in in the attacking play. So that is something that we clearly missed over the over the past few weeks with him playing at centre half instead. So I was glad to see him back in in a more natural position, definitely, and hopefully. He'll be sticking with that role uh, in the coming weeks and hopefully for the rest of the season, actually. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons, obviously, we've complained over the last few weeks of Thompson sitting at centre-back because you'll lose him in midfield. And that's one of the reasons that, that we need him there because he does have that ability. I've always thought over the last few years that like Thompson could be getting a lot more goals than, than what he actually ends up with. But that's only because he gets himself into a lot of really good positions, whether that's him driving forward with the ball or just making these sort of pretty aggressive runs and I'm, I'm not convinced that any of the other 
guys so if we're thinking of spawn long ridge or, or turner i've seen nothing from any of them that would suggest that they kind of do that the same way as thompson so yes hopefully it was hopefully it's indicative of of where he'll be over the next few games because we do need like goal contributions from the middle of the park we can't just rely on peyton for literally everything this season so the more the more the merrier yeah, we, we've definitely missed Jack Thompson in midfield. I think we've spoke about it, you know, every week that he has lined up at centre back. Um, I, we've we've missed literally everything of Thompson. Um, we almost were missing him for next week. Uh, later on in the first half, I, I I hope you'll recall Enzo. He had that tackle on the halfway line. I think it was like just before half time, and certainly from it's not on the the highlights packages anywhere, but. I certainly recall at the time thinking that he, he looked like a very lucky boy to be um, escaping with just the yellow card that he picked I, up. But I, we, um, we, you know, we've we've missed that. Maybe that was slightly too much, sort of the, the good kind of aggression and that kind of fight in the middle of the park. But yeah. we've been missing something like that for a number of weeks. And you certainly want to see more of that, um, not, not giving the referee a decision to make, but more of that fight, more of that in the middle of the park. Because, yeah, we, we really have missed that recently, haven't we? Well, yeah, but there's obviously there's a kind of there's limits you you want to see that within reason, and I think to be honest with you, at certain points this season our, our discipline has been quite poor, um, and that's something that we need to be careful with. So yes, you want yes you want to see that fight and that kind of battle and attitude in the middle of the park, but not not to the extent that you give yourself trouble because I thought you're right, and again our perspective behind the goal was very different to what it might have been if, if that had been shown in any of the, the replays but that looked like a very very dodgy tackle so he might have got away with one there we have taken quite a lot of bookings and stuff like that this season i've not got the stats to hand but we must be we must be near the top of the the league in terms of in fact wait i've got it here how many yellow cards have we got uh, oh no that's just by that's just by players but yeah, we, we we have taken quite a few and a lot of them seem to be really, really silly fouls. I think Tizard's had a few of them. Tends to be at the start of games to make you even more nervous. And obviously, he, well, I'm, I'm not blaming him for the red card that he got sent off for. But um, yes, yeah, something that needs to be worked on. And you wonder why that happens because aside from that, we're not an aggressive team. So like, see, all, when we get into the goals, I think we'll talk a lot about our sort of defensive fragility and, and not being aggressive enough in the box, which Veldman echoed in his interviews. It's not through us being like a overtly dirty side. So I don't know if it's just players miss time and stuff or we know a wee bit not street smart enough, I'm not sure. I I've got um I do actually have the, the numbers here. So we've got we've had uh, sixteen yellow cards, one straight red card and, and one red card for two yellows, which this early on in the season isn't great. Um Wraith and Morton have both had more yellow cards in us, but neither Morton of them have top, actually shock top, unsurprising. But neither of them <laughs> have actually had any players sent off. Uh, we've obviously had two players sent off as well, which which obviously mm. isn't ideal. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And um, I don't recall what those were like. Those figures were like under Owen Coyle last year. Maybe it's a, a sort of comparison in the league. Maybe it is a a change in tactics, mentality, or or just obviously the the, the players. I don't well, know. I can but... tell you. I can, oh, you've got right that now, as well. yeah, I, can tell, I can tell you right now that last season, over the course of the full season, we actually had the fewest yellow cards in the whole division. Well, there we go. So see whether it's the whether it's the players, whether it's the, the tactics and the the mentality coming down from, from the manager. Who knows? But yeah, that's um that's maybe something we'll keep an eye on. And, and by the way, Morton <laughs> yeah. had the most last season as well. Well, <laughs> well they're not a dirty team, they're not a dirty yeah. team. No, 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 no of, course team. Not. of course not. Uh, 
<laughs> back to Tanadice, unfortunately. That was a good wee diversion, but back to Tanadice. Um, it did take until the, I think it was the 38th minute for Dundee United to, to equalise for Tony Watt's first goal. Um, Enzo, I thought on the day that although we didn't create an awful lot, although I do think Rudy Payton had two really good chances that you, you see in the, the highlights that he just, I don't know, he just doesn't make the right decision. He's, he seems so far out of goal, doesn't really want to to, to maybe drive on himself with yeah. the ball. I'm not sure why. A couple of really poor decisions there that, that, that maybe waste a couple of chances. But aside from not really creating an awful lot of ourselves, I did think that for that, or certainly at least the first 20 minutes or so for, for that half hour, we did deal with what Dundee United were, yeah. were thrown at us quite well. Um, I mean, well, yeah, it was an all right start to the game. That's what had us really positive. Fine. Yeah, what yeah, you make was, of that? It was fine. Like, I think for the first, as you say, maybe 20, 25 minutes, we handled everything that they threw at us quite well. Um, the, the trouble is when they learned what our weaknesses were, they, they exposed that quite easily. Um, yeah. and, uh, and and we kind of fell apart a little bit defensively once once we lost one goal, which is a shame. Um, it's almost as if the heads went down with the expectation that, right, okay, we've given up one, this is over now. And I'm sure that's not what the players are actually thinking, but, you know, that was kind of the, that was kind of how I felt the game went, which is not something you want to see. You want to see a bit more resilience, mental fortitude. Um, because as you say, arguably even up until their goal, it was a fairly even game. Yes, they probably still had created more than us. Um, you say those those opportunities, I suppose you could describe them as, that Peyton had, where he, he, he didn't really push with the ball the way that I would have liked to see him push forward. Um, he looked a little bit slow, actually, in, in, in those sort of dangerous yeah. areas. Um, but I think you're right, up until they did equalise, there was pretty much nothing between the teams. I think that's where the mental side of the game comes into it so much, isn't it? Because obviously in the defensive side, we're all over the place and you can see the guys are like obviously nervous about what they're doing right now. But I think that goes all the way up to the top end of the pitch as well because, it, I mean, Peyton, I know he's scored quite a few goals, but he's got the rest of the team around him that, that don't seem to be up to much right now either. So I think there's just that sort of unsettling feel around the squad right now where nobody kind of feels like they're in a, a good run of form, if you know what I mean. I can't say, maybe I say, I don't know how, obviously I missed the game and I've only got the highlights to go on, but Longridge has been pretty good for a few weeks, but I think that's probably in comparison to our expectations rather than overtly being um, like particularly amazing. I don't think there's anyone that's having a, a, a great run right now, which for me makes it really difficult. So let's see when we're talking about the the lineup at the start of the game and you read out the, the changes there's few there where I'm sort of fighting for someone else to be in the team at this point because it just kind of feels like everyone's a bit off it's like there's nobody sitting on the bench who I'm thinking oh you've been playing fantastic or you're going to make a massive impact when you come on because everyone's level just seems to have dropped so much because even I mean the only ones that I'd maybe be questioning I think well, it'd be good to get your thoughts as well. What did you think of that lineup? Because for me, I still think that based off of what I've seen so far, I think I'd still rather have Longridge at right back than sitting in the middle of the park. I I would rather have the thing for me isn't necessarily wanting to have Longridge at right back versus having him in the middle of the park. It's I would rather have him at right back than the alternative options we have at right back. That's the that's what it comes down to. Um, I think McPherson is struggling now I don't know if maybe, maybe there's a player there that he's just not quite I don't know he's just not quite hit his stride yet but I think he's looked pretty poor over the past few weeks in particular I thought he looked all right in the games that we um I thought he looked all right in his first game or two but but since then 
Um, he's looked, and I, and I don't want to sound too harsh, but he's looked a bit of a liability when, when he's got anyone running at him down that side of the park. Because um, I don't yeah. think you can complain too much about Longridge in the middle of the park. I think it's just that... No, no. With the, with the kind of similar to... I don't know. It's just because the alternatives that we have in the other areas that he can play, there's just more value in having him at right back right now. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. Um, in terms of, in terms of the game itself, uh, to be very honest, when looking at the the team and obviously picking a man of the match and all that kind of stuff, I I got the the train there and back, so I wasn't on the uh, the bus to to pick a man of the match there. But I would have said at the game on the day that the the two players that I thought did all right were. Longridge and and I thought Alex Bannon had a decent game as well. I would also add Callum Ferry into that purely because see I don't think the guy had anything to do other than pick the ball at the net four times and he was just you know like Callum McKenna and and previous weeks just let down by the, the 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 guys in front of him unfortunately. Um, Longridge I think at right back because I think we've got more yeah we've got better alternatives at, at centre mid like for example also with Longridge being there you, on Saturday you didn't have. Jack Turner, for example, so you could have him in, and then you could put Longridge back to right back, and I think yeah, he's definitely got he's he adds value to the team. He actually does add value to the team, and that's where I think I don't maybe 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 I'd have to argue on on what you said there, Cal, because maybe maybe we were being harsh with Long, well not harsh, but maybe now in hindsight we were being harsh, saying yeah, Longridge is playing well because you know we all kind of didn't expect him to sign on again. Certainly didn't expect him to be playing as much as he has been. You know, obviously, last season in the Championship was kind of in and out of the squad, didn't really play an awful lot. This week, or this season, rather, he's been pr- pretty much every week. Or certainly has been, yeah, for the last six weeks or so, he's played pretty much every game. And it's I certainly don't think that it's his fault that, um, you know, this run that we're in, he'll oh, he's He has been one of, certainly one of our most consistent. And during this run, he's probably one of the guys that can come out and say, you know, every week he's... He's he's done his bit. He's done what he can, and and you know it's obviously just not working for other reasons. I I think we're starting to look at him, and we're starting to see the the value that he can bring to this team. Is that because he is the only player that's thirty years old and he has all this experience? Um, however many games for what is it Hamilton and Falkirk and whatever else he was before as well, like. Is are we maybe starting to see that because we are you know we're now struggling? You're starting to see the value of these guys that have years under their belts. He does. One of the biggest improvements that I've seen from Longridge is a. I think his fitness is through the roof in comparison to what I recall in previous years. But b. Just he almost seems more comfortable. I know we've got a lot of guys that are comfortable on the ball on our team, but he seems really really comfortable on the ball now. He's, he doesn't tend to lose possession as much as some of the other guys have been recently, which. I think it shows when you're in a bad run of form like this. Yeah. I, think, I yeah. think you're right. And it could also be just the style of football we're playing this year. Maybe it suits him a bit better. Mm. You know, maybe maybe he's 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 just good at working the ball out from the back the way the way we've been attempting to play so far this season. Let's um let's let's get back to the game and get it <laughs> get through it because we've gone on a nice wee tangent there. Um the first the first goal though <laughs> yeah, for the good this. thing is yeah. The good thing is we can really just talk about one of the goals and say that happened four times because it's essentially true. there wasn't too much of a difference between them. Pick your, Pick your very, very true. Yeah, unfortunately, you know we've just obviously talked about Longridge being at right back and, and McPherson. Yeah, McPherson on the right and Tommy Robson on the left really, really didn't have great games. Unfortunately, Tannadice. Not the first time this season that we've seen our fullbacks singled out 
and um, you know punished for 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 not being absolutely one hundred percent on their game. Yeah, um, the first goal for Dundee United threw ball down our right hand side. Uh, Glenn Middleton, Glenn Middleton rather, gets in behind McPherson and cuts the ball back across. And Tony Watts starts starts his run when you like kind of look at the highlights. He starts his run in front of Charlie Fox, but then kind of nips behind Charlie Fox just as the ball's coming in. Fox unfortunately doesn't um, doesn't adjust in time, doesn't manage to get anything on the ball to, to stop the pass coming to, to Tony Watt behind him and he smashes it in from pretty close range for Calm Ferry. Um, that, let, let's try and fire through these, shall we? That takes the game to half-time. Second half, we start okay, you know, <laughs> we go 10 minutes without conceding, but unfortunately, then in the next 10 minutes after that, we concede three goals, so... <laughs> Yeah, pretty pretty horrible start to the second half, and of course, uh, for the game in general. Um, yeah, I mean, well, what do you say? Two one Dundee United. Exact same as what happened on the um, on the first goal. It's a it's a ball. I think this time it's to Fodderingham, is it? I think. No, sorry, sorry, that's the third goal. I'm actually getting them confused. The second goal it was on the left hand side. Um, you had Fodderingham uh, in the tackle with Rudy Payne. And despite the fact that Fotheringham was on the ground, he still manages to come away with the ball. Uh, the, the ball's whipped across. Tony Watt gets a, a wee toe on it. Doesn't I assume that's a shot, but it doesn't get a good connection on it. And it just feeds the ball back to the back post. And um, Scott McMahon, who, great for the commentators to say that's his first goal in 76 games, I think it was, for Dundee United. Um I feels like for anybody else that plays football manager, that's one of those things that always happens. It's always a player's first goal in 185 appearances. It's always a last-minute winner against you, sod's law. Um, then 3-1, yeah, back to the first goal. Uh, Middleton up against McPherson. Um, McPherson gets beat, and then, to be fair, it is, it's actually it's a really good cross-in by Middleton. Uh, nobody's able to get on the end of it. Tony Watt slides in at the back post. There's Tony Watt and there's another uh, Dundee United player queuing up to, to tap that in as well. Just no no Queen's Park defender in sight. Um, I'll stop there just now because I then want to talk about the fourth goal a little bit more. But, you know, as, as you guys have said, basically two identical goals just mirrored on the opposite side of the park. And it's not the first time that we've been exposed at fullback. Because teams know how to play against us now. Like it's pretty obvious. I think uh, I think maybe the Wraith game, I suppose, is where it where it first became quite evident that we were going to struggle with, with teams playing that way. Um and it's kinda it's a little bit frustrating when you're so few I mean, it's this early stage of the season and teams already know what to do against you because it's not improving and it's not changing now. I would imagine the thought process behind that is that with time, with a bit more practice, we'll get better with this kind of high line and and we'll get better at tracking back when we have pacey wingers running at us. Um, but for now, it's pretty horrible to watch. Yeah, I don't even think I don't even think those goals were because of the high line, because as far as I could see from the highlights, it was it was one on one with one on one. You're right, yeah. Each You're right. Team. We had centre backs in the box. To be fair, on I can't remember what one it was, but um, I think it might have been their third goal potentially. Dundee have four players up against their two, so the tracking back there isn't great. Um, I don't know how how do you fix that? Like 
should obviously the fullbacks need to take more responsibility and frankly just do better. It's it's not good enough for that to happen so often, so many times in one game. Granted, Dundee United are a good side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's 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 just not it's not up to standards. Is there a question about whether we need more from more support from the middle of the park or our forwards in that? I mean, I, I don't really know what the expectation is from Velman's perspective and on where he wants him to be in those scenarios. But if the fullbacks are getting absolutely rinsed week on week, then I don't know. Should you have a wee bit more backup there? Yes. In a word, yes. I think it's the it is the second goal, actually, um, where you, you can see on the highlights, and obviously with the camera being on that touchline as well, you see that the entire side of the park, and you see Scott McMahon starting his run. I've got the freeze frame in front of me as I'm talking. Uh, five minutes, 17, into the, the highlights package posted by Queen's Park. You see Dom Thomas and you see McMahon both coming into screen, and you just see... Like there's no like Dom Thomas clearly knows he's there, just doesn't do enough to get either close to him or just playing Saturday morning football. You always want your defenders to be goal side of the attacker to stop him having just a free run onto the ball. Now, of course, there's a million and one things that that could have happened that that would have means like mean that the ball comes to Scotty Man he scores anyway. But we just made it so easy for him there, and it just unfortunately for Dom that that sticks out really obviously on the on the highlights, and you just see that I'm not I'm not saying I'm not going to say there's lack of effort and things like that. I know there's been plenty of comments on Pine Bovril social media, blah blah blah, about people's thoughts on things that happened in the game. But it just he has enough chances to get there quicker, and just doesn't do it. For that goal in particular, and then well for the third goal, I mean, there's two two of them queuing up at the back, but the ball starts on our right hand side, obviously with with Middleton up against McPherson, and when you pause when you pause the free the freeze frame there, you've got two or three of them queuing up at the back post to tap it in. Um, unfortunately, I'm not able to see who it is that that's there alongside Tony Watt, but you've got Tommy Robson coming in. Like I think he's about five or six yards behind Tony Watt as he's tapping it into the at the back post, like unmarked. It's like how 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 are our fullbacks not in the right position? And see if the fullbacks are struggling. The first thing you have to say to the wingers or or the midfielders is, well, you need to get over. You need to be helped out. You need to. I don't know. Maybe that's the point. You can drop Jack Thompson into the defence and put it play it as like a five at the back, and you've got an extra body there kind of hope to squeeze a bit of the space more or you say to the wingers get further back help out track back which is I don't know those those are two very simple solutions I'm well aware that football's going to be slightly more complicated there's going to be a little bit more tactics and a bit more noose to it but like it just it just seems so simple and it just seems like every single week we're giving away goals on basic basic mistakes So, like you mentioned earlier on, where you said that you don't want to blame a lack of effort or anything like that. I totally agree with that, by the way. I don't think I don't think it's a lack of effort or commitment at all. I just think that for one reason or another, the tactics aren't, aren't working or they're, they're not working yet, I suppose, because I think it's obvious that we are committed to playing the way we're playing with the expectation that this will eventually start getting results and, and, and things will click. Um, it's just a case of, for for one reason or another, the execution of these kind of game plans aren't just not 
just not there yet. Will they be? I don't know. I mean, I, I really hope so because if there's if we are really committed to to defending this way, then then that's going to be a problem if it doesn't improve. It's already a problem. Yeah, yeah no, it really is. They're going to have to improve. There is no two ways about it. Whether that is by just executing these game plans better or changing it, yeah, something ha- something has to start working, and it has to start working soon. Um, the fourth goal, four one Dundee United. Uh, it starts this is the, the one corner. that had you absolutely apoplectic at the time, wasn't it? It, it, it is where it's it's where my voice went, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna explain why I was so angry about it. Um, unfortunately, you don't really well you you catch a little bit of it in the highlights because with the highlight package, it's, it starts with a corner from Dundee United, and the ball's whipped in, and once again you see a Dundee United player standing on the Queen's Park goal, or uh, sorry, an opposition player standing on the Queen's Park goalkeeper. Then playing an in-swinging corner and it affecting the game. Now that corner, Tony Watt is standing on Callum Ferry. The ball is whipped in. I'm not sure if it gets a header at the front post. To be fair, however, the ball cannons off the back post and goes back out into the box before it's cleared. Then, of course, comes back. But my big problem with this is once again an opposition player on the goalkeeper and nobody seemingly willing to give a fuck to help the goalkeeper out. This week it was Callum Ferry. We all seen it happen with Callum McKenna against Ayr two weeks ago at Hamden, where he had four Air United players around him. Not a thing he could do, and that one actually went straight in from the corner. As Dundee United were setting up for that corner, they're three one up. They're in no real rush. They're taking their time. They're they're sorting everything out. Tony Watt goes and stands at the back post of of the Queen's Park goal. We're obviously I don't know two or three meters away from that. We can see everything that's going on. Tony Watt just stands there for like 30 seconds. Not a single Queen's Park player looks at him. Not a single person's talking, communicating, saying who's, you know, he's just standing there. I'm, I'm at the front of the, the stand screaming blue murder. I'm, I'm, I was about to go blue. Or in fact, I probably was blue in the face. It's, I've said it before when the air goal happened. It is, that is basic Saturday morning football tactics or not even tactics, it's just it's just basic football kind of knowledge. See, if an attacker stands on your goalkeeper and you go and put one of your defenders, get him away, and especially that, the guy had scored two fucking goals at that point already and you're giving him a free, a free shot to go and obstruct the goalkeeper either to help one of his teammates score or for the ball, an in-swinging corner to be played right on top of him and to score his hat-trick from a yard away. Like, it, it was fucking pathetic from Queen's Park. And I'd... People that know me at the games know I swear plenty at the games. I always try my best not to here, but I'm just, it made me so angry that it is the same mistake that costs a goal two weeks ago, an embarrassing goal two weeks ago, and we let ourselves set up the exact same way. I just we're at this moment in time we are either failing to maybe we are just failing to learn from our mistakes at this moment in time. Like that just is so. I could talk. I could talk for another half an hour about how much that annoyed me. Um, everybody in the stand heard me screaming about it. Um, Tony Watt heard me screaming. About it. Callum Ferry. Heard me, everybody heard me screaming about it. The fact of the matter is, it didn't cost a goal at that particular moment. However, the cleans from that corner comes back in. It's um, Glenn Middleton twists and turns, puts uh, Tommy Robson on the deck, and he chips a wee cross in. And it's Kai Fodderingham wins a a nice wee header. I think about six yards out. Flicks it past Callum Ferry. It goes into the back, uh, into the back post, at the the back of the net. It um, 
that goal in particular though did stand out to me, and that's where I just kind of went, all right, okay, fine. We're, we're not we're not learning, and that's where I'm starting to get a little bit worried about what I'm watching. I've tried to be really positive about it for so long, and try to keep saying, yeah, we're so you know, I'm saying last week, yeah, we'll go to, we'll go to Tandice, we'll win two one. Yeah, I'm still I am still positive about it. That that they are watching us fail to do the basics once again. Not even the like that simple, simple shit. We failed to do it again. It's just that that was that was breaking point for me that day. And are you alright? <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> I, I honestly David, I mean get yourself a drink or something like that. I would say you said this is a you need one. I, look, I'm, look, I say I, I like to I, I play with the this QP supporters team on a Saturday morning, me and me and Andy run the team and you know we we do our best, you know, but it's basic, it's yeah, four, four, two, blah, blah. But see something like that is it's like is that's basic organ it's it's not even football, it's just organizing. It's like give just give yourself a chance. Like it's yeah, it's so think, stupid. It's just so stupid. And it, yeah. and it really upsets me. I think but it, and it and it should. Like it, it's upsetting. It's, <laughs> in case, it's upsetting in case you couldn't tell, in case you nah. couldn't tell it upset me. <laughs> But it's, I think we're all pretty justified to be concerned at this point. If you weren't concerned after a, a five-game loss, and we'll, I guess we'll just cover this just now because we were talking about it before, we tried to um, figure out when our last uh, losing streak that went six games in a row was in the league, and we managed to go all the way back to 2013 for this, which is yep. a worryingly long time should we, we lose again on Saturday. But I think I think what you said is right. That plenty of times we've watched terrible, terrible teams for Queens Park play, and you expect them to lose every week because they're not good enough. But this team is good enough. They shouldn't be losing five, six games in a row potentially. Like there's plenty of stuff there that you can see that should be preventable and should be fixable. That just on the face of it isn't getting fixed. So yes, your rant is uh, very well. Um, very well deserved, I think, at this point in time. But on a slightly more positive note, I do have I do have some semblance of hope that it can get turned around because um what do we do if it doesn't? I don't know. I, I, I just I just can't believe that this group of players continues in that vein of form for a prolonged period of time. Surely to oh. goodness. Aye, that's it. That's exactly what it comes down to because obviously you mentioned there that we went back and had a look to see when the last time we lost six league games in a row was, and, and we finished bottom of League Two that season. This is... <laughs> I realise that we're playing against better teams now than what we would have been then as well, right? But that just kind of shows you the, the how poor a run. I mean, five games is bad. Six is six is pretty much unthinkable for, for a team playing in the Championship that came so close to actually winning the division last season. And I know that there's a few changes, quite a few changes, fresh faces around new manager, new new play style, but um it has to get better. It, it it can't it can't possibly carry on like this. And I don't know what it's going to take to change, but um it has to, one way or another. What were the just out of curiosity, Callum, do you do you happen to have the the kind of squad that would have been involved in and around those those six yes. losses back in what was it, twenty thirteen? Uh, yeah, so the, the, the run started on the 16th of November 2013. So we lost 3-0 to Sterling Albion. Then we lost 5-0 to Peterhead. Um, I'll give you a guess as to one player who scored in that game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know he was still about then, Jesus. 
Uh, 30th of November, we lost 3 2 to Elgin. So we managed to throw that one away after being 2 0 up. Uh, deja vu. Uh, we then lost 1 0 to Montrose, 4 0 to Berwick. Who are sadly on the on the edges of extinction right now, and then the final game, which I'll I'll read out the team for, we lost two one to Albion Rovers before we managed to uh, get a result on the fourth of January against Clyde, um, where we finally ended the run. So, starting eleven for that game for ourselves was oh gosh, I uh, Burnstingle. <laughs> okay, I, goals. Yep, yep. Uh, we had Ross <laughs> Fisher at right back. We had Bruff at centre-back, Gibson at centre-back, Cole at left-back, uh, Gallagher, Paul Gallagher at left wing, uh, Keenan uh, in the middle of the park alongside Gavin Mitchell. Then we had Blair Spittle out on the right, and up front we had Liam Gormley. Hmm. No. <laughs> There's a couple of names I don't remember. I mean, obviously, Blair Spittle was a cracking player. Um... Michael Keenan was a good player on so his that was, um, that day was sometimes. The, that was still in the Davy Anderson era, so he must have been Aye. injured or something that game because he's not in the squad. But on the bench, we had Ricky Lamy, who's obviously now at uh, Dundee. He's made a career from himself. Sean Rooney, who's, I think, is he at Fleetwood or something like that these days? I yeah, he's remember. down south. Aye, yeah. that's right. I, I went down to join Scott Brown, I think, when he took over down there. Aye. Um, yeah, that's about it, actually. There isn't any any other ones that are really and, of uh, note. But... How do you think that team would get on against their current team? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. On paper, they should get abs. The, the current team should still absolutely pump them. Aye, but, of course, yeah, of course. But and I'm sure they would. I'm not going to say. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe, not going to say. I'm sure they would. There's <laughs> maybe something to take of we finally got a result against. Well, obviously, Clyde were long-time rivals. I don't know if Morton's really a rivalry as such, but certainly with um, perhaps the way that the fans go on online, maybe it's becoming something of a. Of a rivalry, we would just love to beat Morton. We love to beat Clyde back in the day, so maybe, uh, well, I really hope that that means something potentially for that there. Uh, but yeah, nearly 10 years now since we lost six games in a row, which is... Um, so it can't happen. It's yeah, just that there's no just, way that can happen, so it's no. fine. We're not going to lose again. Yeah, I, I certainly hope that uh, that you're right. Uh, the game really petered out into nothing after 4-1. End certainly it. for, End it certainly for Come up, yeah. come up. Let's just I move mean, on. Listen, we, Lee McLeish came on and had a couple of half chances late on. Um, but that was that was that's the thing. He had a couple of half chances in the box and it was it was the first minute and like the ninety first minute where the only like real positives in a game that was just uh yeah. Difficult to take for a number of reasons that we've um that we've just gone through there. Um well done if you're if you're back once again and listening to to this recap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's leave that there. Um, Enzo, I mean, man of the match for for the day. Like I said, that I would say Longridge, Bannon, and and Ferry by by default. Uh, but probably my choices. Um, you were on the bus. Do you recall who got the? I actually, vote? I don't. Not only did I not recall who got the votes, I can't even remember who I voted for on the day. Um, <laughs> I think I maybe kind of gave Ferry a protest vote or something like that. Um, which just by the way, since we're since we're kind of still talking about about Ferry and 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 McKenna, I know that I was kind of I kind of advocated for Ferry to come back in, and the thought process was yes, it's another experienced head, and he is a good goalkeeper, so you never know. Maybe on, there's the off chance that he could save something that McKenna wouldn't have done. I've reached the conclusion that it doesn't matter; they're both good goalkeepers, and neither's the problem. That's just that's just, it's as straightforward as that when it comes to that position for me. I think at this point, I don't know what you think about that. 
I totally no, agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Makes no that, difference. They're both good goalkeepers and they're both not getting any protection from the defense. Yeah, if we were if we were close in games and there were some obvious errors, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but we're getting absolutely horsed every week, so irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Flip a coin and, and either of them will do you a job, really. I think it's just, which is a good position to be in. Obviously at this level it's not it's not it's not particularly common to have two, you know, competent championship level keepers. So we are we are fortunate, but the the, the issue is that the, the defence around them isn't really doing its job right now. But anyway, um, man yeah. of the match. Moving on to the the man of the match. Um, I don't. I honestly don't know. I honestly, I'm struggling because nobody really. Maybe Jack Thompson for the goal. For the goal. Yeah. Maybe that's. I am going to give it. I'm going to give it to Jack Thompson. You know what? Fine. Yeah, I'll do that as well. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I do think as you know, as you're saying there, I, you know. I'd mentioned it earlier on. Veldman did kind of suggest that he, he made the choice that Ferry was in goals just based on his, his shot-stopping ability. I say we unfortunately never really got a chance to see that on Saturday, but I do wonder if, you know, we, we may see some chopping and changing at goalkeeper, which, yeah, it certainly would be um, unfamiliar territory for, for us. And, well, I think it's really Scottish football in general. You don't really take... Or British football, really, you don't see that, do you? But, um, yeah, there we go. Uh that's the end of of that game. Uh, elsewhere in the in the Scottish Championship then at the weekend, so big Duncan Ferguson proving us wrong with uh, that doesn't count. It doesn't count. Inverness it doesn't, really, uh, it doesn't because it Inverness always beat our growth. It Inverness absolutely does not count as well because see the goals that they scored as well. They were horrific. It was that was our growth back to being shite. Our growth, and I know they scored two to come back, but the the three goals they conceded were utterly terrible. Um, Losing three two, yeah, okay, game one, but yeah, I I stand by my opinions of of Duncan Ferguson. Um, Wraith Rovers beating Air two one, Airdrie beating Morton, and Partick Thistle beating Dunfermline. Kind of, kind of really as you would expect at the weekend. You would have been surprised yeah. with any of those beforehand, would you? Really? No, but in the Inverness one, like, I don't know. It's one of those. It's another one of those ones where I think. I think Inverness have beaten their both like the last seven times they've played them or something like that. I, I might have made that up. I'm sure they have a really good record against their both anyway. So we'll see when it comes up against somebody else. Wraith are doing some job, by the way, at grinding out results. I know that they lost the week prior to Airdrie, but I just had a wee glance at all of their league games this season. And for all of their victories, they've not won one game by more than one goal. Just every, every single week, regardless of how many goals they need, whether it's three against us or three against Morton. They have, they seem to win every league game by one goal, which is again it's that it's that difference maker, isn't it? It's that sort of mentality of we're still going to get a win or we need to hold on to a win, um, which we just seem to be missing. Yeah, no, yeah, it definitely is right now for us. Um, yeah, so that's the, the the results in the championship. So the table looks like this: you've got Dundee United in first place on seventeen points. You've got Wraith just behind them on sixteen. Partick Thistle on 13, Arbroath and Airdrie tied on 12 points, but Arbroath have the better goal difference. Dunfermline on 11, Queen's Park on 9 points, Air on 6, Inverness and Morton tied on 4 at the bottom of the league table. Uh, I'm just, I need to close this wee flash scores page in, I've got 5 big red L's beside Queen's Park, that's... Truly horrific, as we know, though, there's even one more to add to that as well. Right, move on. Other news elsewhere at the club in the last week. So, 
We'll start with the other results for the other teams. Unfortunately, it doesn't get much better here. Uh, you had QP Women at the weekend had the uh, had Buttermuir Thistle in the Sky Sports Cup. Lost 4-3, I think it was like a, a, a late, late goal. It might even have been well into injury time that Buttermuir Thistle won that game. We had Abby Callahan with two goals, Caitlin McKee with one. Slightly better news for QP Women, obviously not a result, but Ellie Kane won the Player of the Month for the SWPL2 Player of the Month for September. And going by posts on Twitter, that looks like it's the first time that in either of the SWPL divisions that it, um, the same players won it back-to-back. So that's an accomplishment for us. So well done there. Um, overall, six games played, uh, eleven goals and four assists. So quite a quite an excellent return there for for Ella Kane to start the season. And today you had young QP in the reserve league taking on Hearts. Uh, uh, sorry, taking on Hibs, and it was a two 0 defeat for young QP there. So no goal scorers to tell you about there either. Um. The Q&A event that happened at the club last week, uh, last Thursday evening, Callum and Enzo, you were both uh, along at that. How how was the night? So obviously you had, uh, it was Callum Ferry, Dom Thomas and Louis Longridge were there. Uh, as I say, how was it in general? Did you get anything, uh, any decent information off them? How how, how were they on the night? Aye, it, was, um, aye, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. We, we went along and arrived, I think, like 10, 15 minutes early. Uh, and <laughs> we're a wee bit concerned because there wasn't anyone there at the start, but then everybody uh, sort of came in a wee bit later, so did fill up by the time it started. Um, I actually, in terms of the, the what the guys were talking about, I was really impressed with all three of them. They all spoke really well, particularly Callum Ferry. I thought he comes across, as we all know, because we've seen him in interviews, he comes across incredibly articulate um, and pretty thoughtful about his responses. Anything of particular interest? Um, I think the main things that stood out to me were they all raved about how they're getting treated uh, at the club. So they were talking about, or I think it was Callum Ferry at this point, basically said that they have everything that they need to do well. And that goes for all the meal prep. They've got all the sports science stuff, all those sort of things. The lifestyle coach as well. uh, They've got, uh, yes, yes. They have a lifestyle nutritionist coach. which I'm not, it sounds like a fancy nutritionist. I'm not entirely sure what that is. But basically, it sounds like they've got the works off the park. So they weren't given any excuses in that front uh, for their, their performances or anything like that recently. Um, I think other things that were interesting, apparently we have drones that watch our training, which sounds a bit odd. Um, I, but So Longridge, I think, at that point was saying how there's no hiding places for them. And the other one was Dom Thomas saying that he recognised that, or I think someone asked him about squad depth, and I think he sort of semi-agreed with it and and suggested that we would be looking for signings, which, as we'll come on to, is obviously came to fruition. Yeah, I don't know if thing that, else. The other thing that I found somewhat interesting, I suppose, is that somebody asked about uh, playing at Hamden versus playing at Lesser Hamden, and obviously... The general feeling was, and, and it makes sense, that it's it's exciting for guys to come and play at Hamden because you, you might not necessarily get the chance to do that very often in your career. Um, and the same goes for away fans, I suppose, of clubs. But the, the one thing that uh, that um, he did say is that the, the pitch at Lesser Hamden is considerably better than the pitch at Hamden. Now, I don't know if that's just because the pitch at Hamden is new and it's still bedding in a wee bit in the expectation. I don't know if it's the same pitch or if it's a similar pitch. or I don't know. Um, but hopefully... 
if that's still kind of because uh, it takes a while for these new pitches to, to really come into their own and, and, and be as good as what they're they're going to get across the lifespan. So so maybe maybe a bit more time that will be conducive to us playing the football that we want to play. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't think I don't think he was given that as an excuse necessarily. He was just responding to the question that somebody put to him about it. Yeah, kind of reading between the lines on that. I don't know if you felt the same. I kind of got the the feeling that they preferred playing it at lesser, but that that's me. I did, yeah. That's that's me putting words into their mouth. They 100 did not say that, but I think for for the guys, clearly the pitch is, I guess, the most important thing for them. And I think obviously we can all see the one at lesser. It's absolutely tremendous. So I can understand why they enjoyed playing on it. Yeah, well, obviously when that lesser part was put down, it was. I mean, it had months to. To be untouched and to, right, to, to do the things, well. yeah, to do the things like grass part needs to do. I'm sure that I'd heard somebody. I don't know whether they had knowledge of it or what, but I'm sure I'd heard somebody saying that it was like the same, certainly the same company that were promoting doing the pitch at Hamden as well. But of course, you know, it's obviously newer down and uh, it's obviously getting used a, a fair bit more than the lesser Hamden mm-hmm. as well. So that's probably all going to have. Um, have things to do with it, but in terms of obviously what the guy said, it certainly sounds uh, certainly sounds interesting. They're not making, I suppose, excuses for 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 the run that we're on, and they're saying that they have everything. Although I, don't, I could maybe do with a a lifestyle nutrition coach myself. I don't know what he would have made of <laughs> my, my trip to Dundee on on Saturday, but uh, probably resigned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, the last bit of news, Calm, as you just uh, mentioned, there we we do have. Uh, a new signing to to talk about the transfer window may be closed for over a month and the loan window closed at the weekend there but we have signed a free agent Stuart McKinstry has joined Queen's Park on a deal until the end of this season uh, he was at, at Leeds United under contract at Leeds United but he did spend last season on loan at Motherwell in the Premiership he made 25 appearances for Motherwell scored 4 goals I think it was for them uh, yeah, four goals for Motherwell and one assist in those games. And, well, when you look online, when you look at fans of other Premier League clubs, and then I think when it was about a week or ten days ago now where the, the first sort of news article started coming out saying that Joe McKinstry was, was looking for a new team and that he would actually be looking at the Scottish Championship, it seemed like fans of every single club in the Championship were all jumping on that going... Get him signed. Get him, you know he'd be a brilliant signing. Well, as addition. well as as well as fans of Premiership yeah. clubs. Yeah, well as well as yeah, Motherwell fans obviously from him last year. I think you've seen St Johnson, uh, Dundee fans. Kelly uh, as well. Saw, Kelly, so. yeah, you know, plenty of teams were were interested in this guy. So certainly um, based on that, there's a, there's a little bit of hype and a little bit of excitement of what Stuart McKinstry can do. I will put my hands up and say I don't watch anything of Motherwell last season. I don't really watch games that aren't involving Queen's Park or Scotland, to be perfectly honest, so I don't know too much about him. But going on that, there's got to be that excitement. He is a, a an attacking midfielder or a winger. Uh, when you look at where he played for Motherwell last year, it does seem to have been predominantly either left wing or as like an attacking midfielder. And the article, obviously with uh, the comments from Brian Bucher posted on the, the QP website, suggests that he's going to be played as that number 10 role, so that kind of Grant Savory role from last year, obviously before he got injured. That's something we are perhaps crying out for right now. Maybe it's going to be a change of shape and hopefully a change of fortunes could be inspired by Stuart McKinstry. 
I could be a really could potentially be a really really good signing. Um, it's just going to be obviously the, the other thing from the article seems to suggest that he's maybe not 100% match fit just because he, he yeah has been that's true. It is interesting that it's taken him this long to sign with anybody. I don't know if maybe maybe he was hoping for a, a better offer from a slightly higher level and nothing really came in that that he felt was right for him and that's why he's decided. Do you know what? I'll, I'll make a step down. Hopefully. Um, show what I can do and then and then get a bigger move next year because obviously we've only signed him until the end of this season. But yeah, my understanding is that he primarily played as a winger from Motherwell last season, um, was one of their better players under Hamill, but then Kettlewell came in, changed the shape and didn't really play that kind of wide player anymore. And and at that point he, he saw himself out of the out of the squad altogether. I mean, even scoring four goals in the premiership isn't for a team who when he was getting a game were badly struggling last season as well. Um, no, it's, it's it's an exciting an exciting signing. I I'm excited about this. I'm I'm loath to get too excited over any signing these days because I've 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 been fooled one too many times. But I I'm pretty excited about this one. I'm I'm hoping that he comes in and plays in that number ten role because it it does sound it does sound interesting having somehow fitting Peyton Thomas Hepburn and him into the squad. I mean that is a very very attacking team. Um, but by all accounts, people are surprised that he's here. So I'm hoping that that's a good thing. Because I can't. I, did you mention this, David? But I think Leeds paid four hundred grand for him. Well, he would have been. I didn't know that. It would have been, if I'm not mistaken, though. Would it maybe just have been like a development fee at the time when he was coming oh, through? Oh yeah, from through Motherwell, Yeah, he came through um, at Motherwell maybe, in the first yeah. place. I don't know if they they might have outright bought him. To be honest with you, I'm not. Regardless, sure. though, being willing to pay four hundred grand well, for it, him, yeah. even even with the development fee, I know that uh, money in England is uh, in abundance in comparison to up here. It's it's still a significant investment. So totally, yeah, yeah, and it seems like a marriage of convenience. I mean, obviously, we've only signed him for till the end of the season. So if he comes here and does well, I can only imagine he'll be off in the summer. But if he comes here and does well, then hopefully that means we've done well, which I would be uh, more than happy with. So it's weird because it kind of feels like a loan signing, even although we have actually signed them. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it could be a case of him just depending on how he settles in. Maybe at some point over the course of the season, he could be con- convinced to sign a a year's extension or something. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I guess. There I guess could we'll be see. there could be like you know clauses in there if he makes X amount of appearances or something like that as well. You, I suppose we're never going to know, but yeah, it, it certainly could be a could be an exciting signing. And as I say, with the the hype surrounding them, not often, not just from uh, fans of other clubs around Scotland and elsewhere, but Calm, you're saying that you've been born before. I did I did spot that he does have his own hype video on YouTube, but I know that the oh. last time the last time we got ourselves caught up in one of them, I think we were um slightly let down. But <laughs> but you know, he's he is a, an exciting player, an attacking player, which for for all that are are sort of starting three, you know, obviously Peyton, Thomas and Hepburn are good players and exciting players. It has just been those three really for, for the for the start of the season, for the first two months. So it's going to be good to have another option, or if it does, as I say, even accommodate a change of shape, maybe maybe that's exactly what we need to um, to kick on. But yeah, Stuart McIntyre joins Queen's Park, and we'll be very keen to see, obviously, how, how quickly he gets himself up to speed, and then, of course, what he can do when he gets on the park. That, uh, really, that, that covers everything, I think, for the news roundup. So let's look ahead to... Another game against a struggling opponent in the Scottish Championship. Uh, although, of course, the last time we said that, we, we know what happened. But this week, it will be Morton coming to Hamden. 
Morton are, as I said earlier on, currently rooted to the bottom of the table. Uh, just four points from their opening seven games in the Championship. Given that, uh, given that, well, Doogie Emery was the second coming of Jesus Christ to the, the Morton fans last year, despite not making the playoffs, uh, you know, they've had a, a really, really poor start to the season. Their squad is horrifically thin at some key positions as well. I just, I don't know. Right now, I'm really struggling to get positive for it. I just have the fear, especially after being burned by air two weeks ago. Who, um, else, who else would you want to be playing right now? Well, that's it. Point, isn't it? Well, because, because, yeah, if you're looking at it like based on form, then yes, Morton are probably the opposition that you want to you want to be playing. But the thing that I can't get past is how badly we struggled against them last season. Yeah, and, that too, yeah. And the way, they, the way they absolutely bullied us last season. And, and I think... You know, we have a team that's probably has less pace and less less strength than last season as well. So I do have my concerns about us giving them the opportunity to, to turn their season around on Saturday. That that does worry me, I'm not gonna lie. Um but I don't know. If we can't bounce back this week, then we win it we never will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I dread to think what next week's episode will be like if we need to come and talk about our sixth consecutive loss. I don't know. I, I never felt like Morton were a particularly good football team last season, right? They they had a they had a system that they were playing to. It worked very well, incredibly well against us, and we couldn't deal with it. But I never thought that it was a collection of particularly great footballers. If you add in the issues that they've got with depth and injuries and all that sort of stuff. I'm hoping slash praying, begging, whatever other being you want to lay your allegiances to that we can we can do something this weekend because we, we just have to at this point. I do think I do think I, I, I don't know. You you said that you're very, very negative about this game. I think we could go out and score a few, if I'm honest. I I do think that it will come at some point and we will have a decent game. How many we concede? Maybe a slightly different matter. But I think our style of football might do well against a poor Morton side that's not in a good run of form. I, I, yeah. really, I, I mean, I hope so. I just, I, I am struggling. And it's especially, you know, when you add in last year, yeah, you know, the issues that we had against Morton. The, yeah, okay, they played the, the way that they played, but it worked so well for them. They were they were very They were very efficient with it last year. Yes, they've had their struggles, and maybe maybe this is the time that we can get that result. And and that is that a bit of a hoodoo, I suppose. The, certainly, the way that we lost the goals and and lost games against them last season, perhaps it would it would just be a nice one to just get that one off our backs, and not not least for the added bonus of upsetting the Morton fans online and upsetting Doogie Emery as well. But well, I I agree I just, with you, and that even even just in terms of like and. Obviously, yes, in the context of this season, it's important to beat Morton, right? But just in the context of future games against Morton, if we go out and do get a good result against them and look better than them this time than than what we have done in previous encounters, then I think, even from our perspective as fans, you're going to go into those games in the future slightly less terrified than what we were last season when we were playing against them. Um, so it is, it's, it's an important game for, for a number of reasons. It's interesting. So Dougie Emery... Um, I don't know if this was like something. I, I doubt it was made public, but the you know there's a very strong suggestions that Dougie Emery um, was interviewed for the Inverness job as well when um, when obviously um, Ferguson got it. That 
makes you. I mean, has has his has has his head been turned a wee bit? I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he'd been applying for other jobs in the off season there. Um, and if he's if he's looking elsewhere, you know that that could potentially have an impact on on the mood around the dressing room and, and the way that he's managing his team as well. I, I don't know. I, I kind of I suspected one of two things would happen during his tenure at in Morton. I thought what would happen is another team would take a punt on him and he would leave, or he would just stop getting results at one point and, and this game plan would eventually hit a brick wall. And, I, and it looks as though at this point, actually, both of those things might be happening. He is looking elsewhere and and the, the team are they're struggling and it's not as effective as, as what it had been previously. So I don't know. Um, but listen, from, from their perspective, if they lose to us on Saturday, they're, they're in a really bad place. So fingers crossed they will be. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I mean, we are still currently five points ahead of them. If if we were to get the win, yeah, not only does it help us get us back on track after a, you know, obviously we all we're all well aware of that poor run. But I'm also, as well as having an eye to the future games coming up for Queens Park, yeah, that that would that would have a a really really, if if, if Morton can't come in this season, even with their struggles they're having, because the Morton fans are going to say the exact same or opposite of what we're saying. They're going to say we were so you know we bossed them all last season. We've got them in our back pockets. They bother. They've lost five in a row. You know what? You know what? What are they going to do? Or what? What? What can we do? We must be able to turn our season around. And if they can't do it against us, then yeah, they're they're going to be up that proverbial creek now, aren't they? Um, but yeah, I also look ahead to say now moving on to Queens Park. I look ahead. This is a, this is a big game. As a, it's really important to get a good result on Saturday here because the running games we've got coming up are incredibly tricky. Obviously with Falkirk in the Cup. Then you've got Airdrie away and then Partick Thistle at home. It's it's a really it's a really difficult month. And if we're going into if we're going into those other three games on the back of another loss oof, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's wild, it's isn't it? Like yet. are we are we actually at the stage already in this season where we're saying for both Morton and ourselves it's like a make or break game? <laughs> I mean, I think it's certainly for them. It definitely is. We are, we've got to be right on the verge of that. I mean, we're we're in a decent, we're in a better position than them because we've actually won three games already this season. You know, it's still okay. It's, it's if we'd started this season and you gone okay, we've lost, we've lost five and won three, but it you maybe would go right. Okay, well, how how have we then played? How how have those games came about? It's the manner uh, how we've lost these games and how we started with three wins and it's been this horrible run. You know, you would maybe go, right, nine points, fine. Morton fans coming in this season weren't expecting this at all. They were not expecting to be at the bottom no, of the No, they weren't. No, the Morton win. fans were supremely confident that they were going to be in the top four. Some of them even suggesting that they might be, they might challenge them the United for the league, which I thought was a bit, <laughs> a bit mental, to be honest with you, because I... I I could understand. Obviously, they finished. They finished fifth last season, didn't they? They actually only finished yeah. a couple of points behind the the playoff spot. So I can understand them thinking that they maybe had something to build on. But I, I think on paper the squad's worse than what it was last season. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah, um, I don't make or break is a very very strong term. I don't think it's make or break because there's still so much football to be played. But I, I want to see make or break for the managers, perhaps. Potentially, I don't know. I, I don't see Morton sacking Doug Emery anytime soon, to be honest with you. Um, 
But I think we do need to see pretty vast improvements pretty quickly because it, we can't be going to Falkirk in, in a week and a half's time and, and, and losing them the Challenge Cup. I just, I don't know. We need to, we, need, we do need to bounce back eventually. And I, we said this against there, but this is the perfect opportunity for it. Yeah. Lineups. Um, well, obviously, McIntyre, we don't think is going to be fit to start. Uh, I would. Box. I, yeah, I think that there could be a potential question mark there. Um, as I thought Alex Bannon came in and, and played fine, which, you know, sometimes you're going to look at that and go, well, you, you can see the four goals and you're saying one of your centre backs played well. I, th- I thought he did. I, I thought he played all right. Um, yeah, I would probably, if we're going to still be sticking with this 4 3 3 for the time being until we have our new number 10 in there, then, uh, yeah, probably. Longridge at right back. I I probably would start Fox and Bannon, but I just again I think back to last season. I think Fox had a, some of his poorer games against Morton. Um, I don't know if that's going to carry forward to this season. I certainly hope not. But there's definitely that question mark there. I thought Tommy Robson really really struggled against Dundee United. I thought he had a poor game, and with. I don't think that's his first one recently either. I think I, I'd i be maybe looking at Cammy Bruce again. It's freshen up. I don't. I know Cammy Bruce didn't have a great time his last time out either, but, you know, where else do we go? You can't You can't just keep playing somebody that's in a poor run of form, not, not having a great time of it right now. You can't yeah. just keep playing that same guy. So I think that change there perhaps has to be made as well. Uh, I so would... Yeah. Personally, be inclined to drop Fox actually, just because I, I think he could use he could use a day off. I, I think he's been pretty poor recently, um, and I know that it's very young, very inexperienced. But there's there's a part of me that wants to go with Bannon and Tizard at centre half actually. Um, yeah, we could. I'd do, probably yeah. I'd leave Robson in because I think it's not that he, he's not having overall stinking performances. It's just weak kind of momentary lapses of concentration. I feel that they've been bad ones, especially especially the past couple of weeks. Um, but my back four, I'd probably go with Robson, Tizzard, Bannon and Longridge at right back. That's what I'd be inclined to go with. Okay. I think I'd agree with that. I, I, I'd i be loath to take out experience at this point, given the given our fragility. So I think I'd be, I'd be relatively happy with that. I actually still think he'll probably play Fox because I think on the face of it, if everybody's playing well, Fox is still our best defender. Yeah. But how long do you yeah. persist when he has had a couple of, of, of really poor games? Yeah. Yeah. What about we, we kind of skipped past the goalkeeper, didn't we? Um it doesn't matter. Who, no, you 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 would literally I'd probably fair in flip the coin. I think, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd probably fair in at this point. Um I think it'd be really harsh to drop him. I mean, you, you could obviously make the argument that it was harsh to drop McKenna as well. Um but yeah, I feel as though I'd probably leave Ferry in. I don't have a good reason for that. I just would. <laughs> Honestly, I no, don't. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, midfield and attack. Well, I mean, the front three pick themselves right now, don't they? And midfield. In the middle well, of the park, Thompson, gonna, Spong and Turner. Yeah, if you're going to have Longridge. Yeah, Longridge at right back, then you're going to have the three jacks back in midfield. So, yeah, yeah I think I'd go with that. Calm, you, you agree with that as well, yeah? I think I probably would. Jarrett's not going to get a look in, really, is he? It's I, I don't know if I feel sorry for him. Well, obviously, anyone who's playing, you don't you don't particularly like it. But 
he has had a few opportunities, but he's just never really been able to wedge his way into the squad, has he? I kind of feel like every time he comes on, he, he never looks overtly like bad per se, but he's never really like a sort of game changer, which is which is a shame because I had I, I do still think that there's a really really good footballer in there, but he seems to have because I think at the start of the season he was getting a couple of look ins, but he doesn't seem to be getting any game time now. No, no, he doesn't. He's not been on for a while, I don't think. Um... Yeah, there we go. The team, certainly the, the front six pick themselves, but the back five, yeah, there's, there's a few question marks there. Score predictions, Callum. Uh, did anybody have Thompson first goal? Uh, no. no, no, nobody had nobody had Thompson. So, yeah, score predictions then. So I had 1-0, David 2-1, Enzo 3-1. So a big zero points across yeah. the board. Yeah. Uh, I'm on nine points. David, you're on eleven. Enzo, you are on thirteen. So we are playing more. And so who am I going to pick? I get the honour. And if you remember last week, uh, we're not all going to pick the same first goal scorer. Yeah, I don't like this rule, but obviously I don't have any say in it. <laughs> you, you don't. Uh, so <laughs> I am going to go with three one, three one Queens. We're going to do fine this weekend. We'll concede one stupid goal. Uh, aside from that, it's okay. As the loser of the team right now, I'm going to use my advantage to pick Peyton and then I'll go for Hepburn and Thompson to continue his good run of one goal. You're right, okay then. Uh, I'll I'll have two, two one Queen's Park. I was about to say 2-0, but I, I I can't have came into this being all pessimistic and saying, oh, I'm really, really worried and think, yeah, clean sheet, no bother. So 2-1, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully scrape out a win there. Uh, I'm going to say Thompson, first goal scorer. Uh, as long as he's back in midfield, I, uh, I'm i very happy with that. And, well, yeah, as I say, obviously it took him a minute to score against Dundee United. Fancy him to make another good run forward and another goal. Uh, second goal... Could be pretty much anybody. Give me, give me Louis Longridge. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, I don't think any of us have picked Longridge in that's, any game. He's, uh, he's doing well now. I'll give him a yeah. goal. All right, Enzo. Uh, I think this game could be something daft, like four-two or something like that. Uh, to who? To us, obviously. Aye. <laughs> I, I go. I'm, give me four-two. Why not? Something ridiculous. So you went for so Peyton and Peyton and Longridge have been taken for the first. I'm going yeah, to go with Don Give me Dom Thomas opening goal, and then another two from Peyton and one from Tommy Robson. And Robson. Okay, doke. Cool. Brilliant. So there we go. Those are our score predictions for this weekend. Elsewhere in the league, we have Airdrie against Ayr, Dunfermline are both, Inverness, so Duncan Ferguson's first home game against Partick Thistle, Wraith Rovers, and Dundee United, which. Um, that, I mean, that would be an excellent game. It's a shame that one's perhaps not getting shifted over to a wee TV game or something. I think, did I see rightly that Wraith Rovers are giving them that wee stand, like the, the sideline stand? Yeah, they are. Yeah, um, Dundee United made the request and Wraith actually, to their credit, actually put a vote out to their fans to ask them if they wanted to and, and explained that it would be worth an extra, I think it was like, in the region of about 10 grand to the club to give them that. So they've mm. uh, like something like 95% of the Wraith fan base voted in favour of it. So yeah, I they're giving them uh, a fairly a fairly hefty 
a wee allocation. Fair play to them, and fair play to Wraith as well. That's uh, good communication with the fans there. Um, what else are we looking at in terms of elsewhere in the Championship, Enzo? You think Duncan Ferguson gets a start at home, like a winning start at home, or Jake Thistle? I, I don't really know how I want to vote that way, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if I'd like to see Thistle lose, well, Partick Thistle lose, or Inverness. I think, um, I think it's really... For me, it's really, really important that Thistle lose every game since they've started that stupid boing boing chatting every single week. <laughs> I can't, I can't tolerate that. Partick Thistle boing boing, Partick Thistle boing boing. What, what is that, man? Honestly, see if we see if we are playing against them at any point in this season and losing, and they whip that out. I'm going to have to leave, otherwise, there's a good chance I might actually murder somebody because I can't handle that. <laughs> so, um, I don't know whether they will. Uh, I don't know. That could be a draw. A draw wouldn't. A draw wouldn't shock me too much there. Yeah, there's a couple of a uh, couple of interesting looking fixtures there in the championship. We will of course see what happens at Hampden on Saturday. Queens Park against Morton. Fingers crossed. This is the game to stop the rot. Get back to winning ways for the Spiders. Uh, that really. That pretty much does it. You guys will both be there on Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We'll be. Uh... I'm necessarily looking forward to it, but fingers crossed uh, <laughs> we can finally come out again with a, smile on our, with a smile on our faces. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, well then, yeah, that will do it for another uh, difficult podcast episode uh, at times, unfortunately, but thank you everybody for sticking with us again, as usual. Uh, Calvin and Enzo, of course, pleasure as always, despite the runner results and some of the depressing stuff we're having to go back and recap. <laughs> if anyone uh, if, if anyone listening has some ideas on other stuff that we can talk about rather than us <laughs> watching the football, then please could, please send us a message and, on Twitter and we'll we'll recap our holidays for the last month or something like that. We could do that or I, I uh, But you know the, the the thing is actually though over the these uh, these episodes over the past few weeks where we've been struggling they, they certainly aren't our, our lowest or least listened to episodes so people are still people are still tuning in whether it is our regulars or whether it's fans of the opposition team that just want to have a wee laugh at us I don't know but um, <laughs> aye well, so there might be there might be some Dundee United fans checking out what we have to say in, on this game I don't know we'll see yeah well we certainly hope everybody enjoys it and well regardless of whether you're here for the first time or coming back we do say thank everybody that continues to to listen to our episodes uh continue to find us on twitter at spiders talk pod and of course in pie and bovro and all the threads related to queen's park as well uh thank you for listening and fingers crossed we're back here next week to talk about a win with you and we'll hopefully see you then cheers thanks for listening the Play for the sake of the game. Play for the sake of the game.